Summer's lease hath all too short a date, as their great Warwickshire cricketer Bill Shakespeare once said. And alas, this fabulous season has raised its bat for the final time and strolled gloriously to the boundary rope, or boundary Toblerone as it now is. Cricket is over for the year. England are men's cricket world champions. The Ashes once again produced magnificent drama, albeit with those pesky Aussies. Uh, keeping the urn at home. And here I am to talk all things cricket with England's leading wicket-taker. Thy eternal summer shall not fade, as that sonnet goes on to say. It's Stuart Broad. Stuart, um, I'm just looking over the table and I can see something in your pocket. It looks a bit like David Warner. <laughs> Do you know what that is? That's the most heard saying that I've had in, in the last week, for really? sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I played golf at Wentworth in the Pro-Am, yes. the BMW, and... Every hole, someone would shout, <laughs> David Warner in that pocket, Roddy! <laughs> Which has made me smile, I must admit. But it's, um, Did you yeah. see that coming? Did you know that you would have the wood over him before it began? I can't remember if we talked Not about it. Not at all. I mean, he's someone who has always had the better of me, I think, as a, as a batsman in Ashes series. He's, mm. he's aggressive. He he's, uh, always hit me for boundaries through the offside. And he, he he's a very difficult batsman to bowl at in the third innings you know if Australia have got a lead and he takes it on Um, but it was particularly pleasing this summer for me in the fact that I actually did a lot of research into him before the series I thought he's a key player for them top of the order I've got to make inroads with this new ball what what do I need to do differently to him and not often in sport does that sort of research or planning pay you back right and I feel like it did this summer. You know, I, I ha- so you worked him out technically, and well, by the time you were halfway through this, you would also got him psychologically, I guess. I think so. Words. I mean, Trevor Bayliss, our head coach, had a theory that if you bowled leg stump to uh, Warner, he he didn't really score through the leg side. He was very offside dominant, and you could really shut him down if you bowled leg stump, which for me, bowling round the wicket, I wanted to bowl round the wicket. Yeah. That angle doesn't quite work because if you go at leg stump obviously you can get clipped yeah. to fine leg and things but it got my mind thinking that actually let's try and shut the offside down mm-hmm. I've always looked for his outside edge and it's never really worked so I said right, let's ch- try and shut the offside down not let him drive me or hit me through the offside for four and try and hit his stumps as often as possible and could see from the dismissals there are a few LBWs, a, yeah. a bold loving and, to the wicket keeper. and a couple of sort of you know ones he's tried to leave that yeah. that's, that he's nicked and um, I think my planning pre-series came together and it, by the end I think I was surprised he didn't try and change something. Yeah, we'll all remember that. <laughs> I was going to say inscrutable, but perhaps it was scrutable that, that the expression on his face, that sort of smile he had, you thought he's really putting up a front, but he must be seething inside with himself I mean yeah I'm just obviously he's a world class player and Mm. has been for many many years averages nearly 50 in in test cricket I I think the thing that surprised me is that he didn't try and play one day innings at at one stage yeah quite I mean let's not because he had a good world cup yeah really good world cup I mean look the the pitches were tough to bat on with the brand new ball Mm. I think they were dry so the, the wobble seemed like nipped early um, and you can see that throughout the series, there were wickets in the in the first ten overs, yeah. but I don't think anyone would have blamed him at the over if he'd have charged at me or or tried to hit me over cover or over the back of my uh, over my head or anything really. I, I, yeah. It was um, yeah, it, it, that was a, a little success, but obviously 
disappointed that we we didn't lift the urn uh, because yeah. that was the the summer's aim for the test side without a doubt but do i think 2-2 was a fair result yeah i do yeah. i think both teams were really really similar i think steve smith had a huge influence on the series yes, um he was their best batsman by a, a country mile and um he didn't deserve to be on a losing side, I don't think. Um, so that's a very that's very well and gracefully put. And of course, in Labuschagne, because of his concussion injury, um, they discovered a, a not dissimilar kind of batsman for the middle order, who or the up the you know the upper middle order who who proved himself a huge success. Yeah, he? he's going to have a, a really good Test yeah. career, I think. Um, he scored a lot of runs for Glamorgan, didn't he? It's yeah. that sort of old conversation that. We as English, we sort of let the Aussies come over and practice in our conditions, whereas, you know, Rooty doesn't get a go for Queensland, does he, before the next ashes? That's been a debate for years, hasn't it? But, um, yeah, yeah, he looks a a really good player. I mean, Smith, like I said, I planned a lot for for Warner, I planned a lot for Smith. I just, Mm. actually, nothing seemed to work. He, he, He played beautifully. He... He was as awkward to bowl at as as anyone I've ever bowled at. Yeah. Uh, he was disciplined. It wasn't look. Like he didn't get to seventy and change tempo. He just played and played yeah. and played. He managed. He does that thing of managing to make a leave look like a, a victory for him. You know what I mean? A, a really positive action leaving a cricket ball. Whereas sometimes some batsmen they leave it and it looks as if it, oh he just about left it. He nearly didn't, but he which is sort of has a, a psychological effect to it. it. Gives him an aura, doesn't it? So that his it, it makes him theatrical. That that famous sort of swat and the the sort of violence of his leaving is almost greater than the violence of his hitting. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, I, I don't mean any sort of disservice by him here, but if you were to to buy. A, ticket to go and watch a, a batsman it would be a Virat Kohli or a yes. De Villiers or a, a Butler or a Root or yeah. a Stokes like the the shot making they they play can be the elegance the, the ele- yeah. yeah and he doesn't have that but you have his numbers are extraordinary breathtaking yeah um, and he just has a method uh, like Alistair Cook had a method and yeah. actually Cookie and Gooch Graham Gooch used to just talk about batting as a method and Steve Smith is the greatest example of that. Uh, and it's it? something you see in sport, isn't it, a lot. You see, um, you know, the the naturally talented player, the, the outrageously physically gifted player, and the player who puts together a technique. You see it in golf, you know, Faldo was not the most naturally graceful golfer, but for, for a time he was the best golfer in the world for a number of years. Um, Steve Davis versus, you know, Jimmy White or or, or uh, uh, Sullivan, you know, the, the, there's that sort of thing. And it's, it's like classical versus romantic or something. And you see it in all sport and in all life, really. And, and it's part of the, the joy of cricket because you're close up on personality in all the disciplines. And you can see that. And it's something you can enjoy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, we didn't get it 100% right to Smith, I don't think. You know, I think we took away home advantage. You know, mm. When I look back at the 2015 series, he scored no runs at Cardiff, no runs at Trent Bridge, and no runs at Edgebaston. Mm. And we played on green tinge pitches that nipped with bounce. Yes. Um, Were you disappointed uh, with the preparation of the pitches all around? Uh, later on, late, late, I mean, Edgebaston, yeah. Uh, mm. Old Trafford, very. Mm. Um, I think they, they lacked the pace. I don't know. I don't know if that was because 
of the World Cup and the the busyness of the summer, whether they mm. just really struggled to keep moisture in the pitches. I mean, as an England team, we wanted no spin. I wouldn't want you to to go uh, in public as complaining against the county no, and people no, I mean, and their it's... budgets and so on. But there is an element, isn't there, that they want a five-day pitch. They want a big crowd on the fifth day. They don't want a pitch which might see a result by the third day or, or the morning of the fourth, ideally, just yeah, for their box grounds, office. I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, for, for us, 1-1 uh, in the Ashes series going to Old Trafford, that would have been the last pitch we mm. wanted as a team. Yeah. You know, as Old Trafford, great, they made their eight million quid and had five <laughs> days interesting cricket. And it, yeah. it was a it was it, a decent test match pitch. Yeah. And but, it could have gone but, either way. But not the test yeah. match pitch you'd want to play Australia on at, at one one. Uh, you know, slow, no grass, completely bare mm. spinner bowling within an hour and fifteen of yeah. the first morning. I I think you want a, a pitch in England. I mean, the pitches we played India on the year before, perfect, brilliant series. Yes, yes. Exciting, runs scored, nipped a little bit, catches caught, catches dropped. Whereas that old Trafford pitch, if you if you didn't win that toss, yeah, very, very difficult to win that and game. You could see Joffre Archer's disappointment in it. He's, he seemed to slump uh, yeah, after two that, overs. I don't know if that was disappointment in the temperature up there. Oh, or there was that too, actually. It wasn't exactly Barbadian. But yeah, we, I think as a team, we, we couldn't hide our, our disappointment in that pitch. It was everything that we yeah. didn't want at 1-1. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Old Trafford knew that as well. Yeah. Whether they just got the preparation wrong or actually the orders uh were made wrong I don't know but it one thing that we'll take from this Ashes series though it was 2-2 and Australia keep the urn it had entertainment and it oh, had drama heavens. and excitement and actually having finished the the series a week ago the atmosphere around the team and the people we've seen and the supporters has been positive mm. and although you, you know if you you lose the urn you don't win the urn it's my first experience of doing doing that in England you, you you could expect quite a negative backlash, but actually, I think the supporters have enjoyed the spirit of the series. The there couldn't have been more theatre, oh, really, goodness in me. all of it. Yeah. Even the Lords game that had two and a half Lords days washed out, match. Yeah, we could really have have pushed a result there. So, yeah, yeah I, obviously, I, when you're reflecting on the summer, you have that real disappointment that Australia lifted the urn at, at the Oval, which is which is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But actually. For Test cricket, it shows that it's truly alive. If yes, and if if there weren't this metaphor of a of of an urn, it would just be an. If it was South Africa, you'd say, "Oh, we we drew the series against South Africa. We drew the series against Australia." But because there is this idea of someone retaining or regaining the ashes, in that sense, it was a disappointment. But I think if you look, if you're in April and saying, "Well, England will." Will end the cricket season as as white ball world champions of, of of cricket, and the the red ball team will draw a brilliant series against against the Australians. You go, oh, I'll take that, you know. Especially winning at, at the Oval in such a emphatic and no, I wouldn't have thrilling taken that. Style. No, I wanted you the wouldn't. Win. I wanted the right. win and the win. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't have taken it. All right, okay, yes, no, that's fair. But I think, as you say, not having got the win. There's a lot to be proud of and a lot to be positive about. Yeah, a huge amount, huge amount to be proud of. I mean, that it seems a long time ago now that World Cup mm. win, doesn't it? But it does, yeah. I, I just keep thinking how must Ben Stokes be feeling, just sat at home trying to unwind from from the summer. Yeah, he's experienced. He's had 
one of the greatest matches in a World Cup final to get the team over the line. Yeah. To think that, that those sort of emotions would never be beaten. Yeah. Arguably, Headingley out he out does that and continues and, and plays every game in the summer apart from the Ireland Test match. It's it's incredible fitness, incredible everything you'd look for in in an England cricketer, and it's uh, it's been very special to to be close to him this summer because it's. That people will be talking about Stokes 2019 for, for many years. They will. And I think the, the thing that's changed because of the unfortunate incident in Bristol and, you know, the nightclub and uh, and all, all of that, that it, people might have thought because, you know, we, we are so terrible as human beings in taking first impressions. Here's a guy with tattoo sleeves who got in trouble in a nightclub. He's obviously not very bright upstairs. But you watch him as a cricketer, you realise he's a furiously intelligent cricketer. He really understands the game. He knows just how to play and what to play. And in interviews you see also he's a stand-up guy, a really pleasant and, and smart and sorted individual, which is terrific for his future. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, he's a leader. Yeah. Which... You don't so need do you think just a in sport. Captain? You need it. You need leaders mm. in business. You need in every walk of life. You need leaders within little groups, don't you? And you he, do. He's a he is a natural leader. He he's motivating when he speaks. Mm. Uh, he he thinks about he thinks quite logically about situations in games. Mm. Um, I've seen that. Do I think he's a a future captain? I. A, I think Rooty's the, the man for the job at the minute. Mm. I know there was question marks at the end of the summer, but um, he's someone who can lead this team forward. Would I want that sort of added pressure on a a cricketer like Stokes? He's an all-action cricketer. Yeah. You need him to be able to influence games at different periods of time. Would I want to swarm him with having to be in the game 24-7? Yeah. Probably not. No. But, you know, we saw it with... Botham, Flint, these sort of cricketers. It, it, it doesn't help, does it? They're natural that? leaders. You just let them lead within a group. I don't yes. think you need them to be the top yeah. leader who's having to deal with selection meetings yes. and <laughs> make them times the bus leaving and all that sort of thing. You know, just let Stokesy <laughs> whack sixes and take great catches and, and bowl quick. Well, you spoke about his his time off and his decompression. As soon as the oval test was over, virtually you you were off to Barcelona and then uh, lots of um, wonderful golf. And yeah, I've had a, a great two weeks. A great yeah. two weeks. Yeah, I think you need that. After a, a big, I mean, we played six Test matches in seven weeks. I haven't seen my family a lot at all, really. And you, you sort of, you get encapsulated in in a cricket series, and you you do need a bit of a a chill out time. So yeah. very fortunate to play in the pro am at the at the golf, which and I played how did with you Danny. Do? I played okay actually. Yeah. I played okay. Excellent. I played with Danny Willett, who ended up winning. Uh, the the tournament on the indeed. Sunday, which was his first big win since the Masters. Really, yeah, brilliant. It? He was such a nice guy. He yeah. uh, helped us all throughout the round, gave us little tips, and helped us with our putting. And what do you play off? I play off ten. Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. But yeah. actually, to, it's great to to play in these sort of things and and follow the golfers because you actually once you get to know someone, you then follow them quite intently, don't yes, you? So I was do. watching all his rounds, all his shots, and was really happy for him on, on Sunday when he when he won. And, yeah, then nipped over to, to Barcelona, first trip there, which was, which was what a wonderful place. And for me, I like food and red wine. So it's, um, <laughs> you chose you'd the right say place. It's, it's quite a good place to go, really, <laughs> wouldn't you? Um, yes. And then, yeah, and then actually, uh, is it Monday, uh, Jimmy and I, we have a Broad versus Anderson Ryder Cup. Uh, each year so we we're flying off to 
for for two two and a half days golf with teams of twelve and each. You do four balls and foursomes and singles. Yeah, exactly it's pretty much format. Burnley versus Nottingham. That's how it ends <laughs> up. But it's uh, it's a great couple of days. So yeah, we're uh, we're really excited about about that. And then. Life as a professional sportsman never really leaves you. We've got the 18th of October is our next sort of meet up as a team, fitness testing, all the fat percentage testing. In order to prepare for the tour to. Yeah, we do. I mean, we do it three times a year, so they make sure we're not putting weight on and make sure our fitness levels haven't dropped. So we've got to do our 2K run in under seven and a half minutes, all that sort of stuff. So I think throughout this period of time, you've still got to to be have half an eye on that because you know every time you you eat a, a donut you're thinking i've got to run this off <laughs> this has got to so leave the me. tapas is all right but not the donut the, the, yeah, yeah the tapas fair. is good yeah no dessert <laughs> <laughs> and um well the winter there's been selection news and uh Obviously, I, I don't want you to criticise the selectors or put yourself in an invidious position, but I was pretty shocked that they dropped Johnny Besto, though it must be said he, he hasn't been in form uh, as a batsman uh, in particular, has he? He's averaged what in the 20s, uh, which for a man of his... Well, I'm going to flip this class. round. Yeah. Your head selector, what would you have done? <laughs> <laughs> be a good job for you that I think you fancy wow. that well, next time that comes up you squ- get to, you like watching cricket don't you I, I hate I, I could never upset people I'm so you, worse. you go and watch yeah. a bit of cricket you decide which players you like the look of and then you, you pick them I have the mental toughness as a, of a piece of limp celery I just all the snaps gone out of me and that's it I mean did yeah. you get an assistant in to make the phone call the bad phone call sorry you <laughs> dropped <laughs> well A I don't know enough about the county game to, to, to know who the young players coming up mm. are I'm just got to be honest about that I'm just simply not informed enough um, and B I have you know so I mean Johnny Besto or, uh, or as my husband calls him Ron Weasels because he always forgets his name and he thinks he looks like Rupert Grint um, he uh you know, he, he, I think a lot of England fans have great affection for him. You know, his character is interesting, um, and he's he's done you know well for us. And and indeed, in the Headingley Test, I think the the way he st- stormed out was really helpful, for, uh, indeed instrumental with Ben Stokes in, in in getting that victory. So it seems tough, and you know, and I'm I, I, I'm not good at tough. I'm, it's just not what I. I wonder whether it's a bit of a uh, you know one thing that can be overlooked a little bit is this World Cup winning group went through such emotions and elation and high pressure for three Mm. months and then basically had a week to try and let that sink in and then flip into an Ashes series. Could partly be a bit of a... What's that? Is it decompression? You know, when you come up from water too quickly and you need to just sort of... Or in the gym, and you've got to have the recovery time, or I you'll be weaker. I wonder whether the, yeah. I mean, I know that a, a few of the guys aren't going on the T Twenty leg, are they? Of the, no, that's of the right. New Zealand trip. I wonder whether there's a bit of a try and sort of relax for a little bit, yeah. refresh, and come back as a cricketer very excited. Uh, will Johnny Bairstow play Test cricket again? Absolutely. Of course he will. Yes, I think that's right, isn't it? it it's it's about whether he he will deal with the disappointment and he will. Um, as you say, come back stronger than ever before. I mean, there's a new... Um, I think being missing out of a tour years ago mm. was a huge thing, wasn't it? Like, yeah. oh, he's, you've been dropped. Yeah. It was actually now there's this test championship. The New Zealand tour's not in this test championship, so you can't actually win... Oh, is it not? You can't win oh. league points for winning in New Zealand, whereas we go to South Africa and there's four tests, you can win league points in South Africa. So there could be a thought process of... 
hold off hold till off then. and yeah. then get fresh for South Africa. I don't I don't know what the the thought process is because mm. I must admit I I saw on Twitter that Johnny had missed out. I I had no idea he he wouldn't yeah. be going. Um, so and in the white ball game, the other shot was Liam Plunkett being being dropped, which seemed extraordinary because he was so successful. Yeah, there was a decision to make on in that white ball setup, isn't there? You either say what a brilliant four years World Cup win, give that group another year of success to then slowly nip in newer players, mm. or you go right. That's yeah. finished. We move on. Uh, Toughness. You can go either way on do. that. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, I mean, because it's <clears throat> a, it's a verb. A team is a process. A verb. It's always moving. It's not. A, it's not a fixed noun. It's not like that's the England team. It's always got to be changing. It's always developing. And you know, it, it seems like to a man of my age, it seems like yesterday that you'd say England, you'd think Flintoff, Peterson, but you know, they fall away and new ones mm. come in and they, they seem like the England team that will be there forever. And then they slowly fade away. And, and so you have to get used to that. It's how it works. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, and there were questions over Captain Morgan, weren't there? As in, will he continue? I mean, that was very, I think that was always going to be very much his own decision. And he made because... it, he made it <clears throat> strongly and quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, the last thing you don't, last thing you want to do is finish the World Cup and then come back and play and almost feel like you've lost the love for it. Yeah. I think he'll look at that T20 World Cup in Australia in a, what, is that 14 months' time? Yes. And think he can win that with this team. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, listen, mm. this has just been terrific, and I'm afraid time has uh, caught us out. We, we have to go back to Pavilion for tea, uh, but we'll be back out with uh, facing the, uh, the barnstorming bouncers of people's questions. So uh, hang on, and we'll be back in a bit. And welcome back to Broad and Fry. We've got lots of questions, and I want to start with one. Which I want to put you on the spot here because Joanna Kendall uh, sent a question oh, a good month or so ago saying, nice little knock from Stuart in the first test. Question for the podcast, how when did the bat twirling start, and do you know you're doing it? And then Simon Andrew has written more recently, please remind Stuart to follow up on the story behind his bat spinning because you refused to answer it. You said it's it's a kind of secret thing, so we were kind of interested. Maybe this was a technique, something you didn't want the bowlers to know about? Uh, yeah, a little... Um, I worked with uh, the Nottinghamshire psychologist Matt Thompson a little bit mm. th- when I was playing for Notts in uh, April, May and June about uh, when I get to the crease. Like, when I'm bowling, I'm very focused. I've got a real sort of uh, mm. strict routine. I know what I'm going to deliver. You're, you're sort of in charge of the game as a bowler. Yeah. Whereas as a batsman, you're very reactive. So um, I got I found myself getting in a bad habit of looking at fielders move or yeah. or they put another slip in oh should I try that should I try that and overthinking before the the ball gets delivered yeah um, whereas actually I'm a better cricketer when I'm quite reactive and um, so I came up with this theory that in between balls twizzle the bat and look at the bat to take away uh, my mind thinking about the game too much right so not analyzing oh 
mid-on's gone a bit wider, can I try and hit it through straight to mid-on? It's too complicated for me, that. You know, gotcha. Let's so it try frees and sim- you up. Just simplify so... the mind. Um, and obviously, if you told that uh, uh, on air, then you'd get, you know, the Cameron Bancrofts and the... And the, and the yeah, the, yeah, you've the probably waves would. of this world would be saying, oh, we're going to move, let's move mid-on wider while you were spinning your bat in order to try and throw you off your... <laughs> yeah, and I think it did, it, it did help in the... Um, in the fact that I wasn't overthinking everything. I was mm. just sort of concentrating, staying in my little bubble. And the best batsman, not that I'm ever going to be one of those, but you watch the best batsmen with their routine. Jacques Callas always used to walk to square leg and back just yeah. to stay in his zone. Uh, they all have the the certain routines. And I, I think my bowling's definitely got it. I needed something with the batting. Um, well, on the batting, as supplemental question, someone said here, I'll see if I can find Oh, yes, it's Glenny Boy, apparently. You, you, you were, for the last couple of tests, you were the number 11 batsman, and you've scored a sesquicentenary, as it were, 150. So that's pretty... Yeah. Do you like my two sixes at the Oval? <laughs> yes, boom, boom. that was fantastic. Yeah, I need Jimmy back, don't I? And I need Jimmy back to get number to... 11. You must so, have been the high-scoring number 11 that England have ever fielded. We actually had a bit of a... a rotating 9, 10, 11. Obviously, Joffre's new to test cricket. Yes. Uh, Leachy has a really sound defence, but mm. is never going to score at, yeah. like, pace. Uh, so we had a bit of a floating, you know, if, if a batsman was still going, le- get Leachy higher to yeah. give the batsman more time just to bat, yeah, uh, etc. So there's a bit of a... So at Old Trafford, I was used to go in nine, and then there was a change at T, Joffre back to nine. So all three of us had our pads on, and it was like, next, next. And as a senior player, you, you don't have any ego about, oh, about that. You're, you're the, the only thing with batting 11, which because uh, I've not batted 11 much in my career, I started out at 11 yeah. when I started off with Leicestershire. It is such a rush from that last wicket going. To then getting your pads off, of getting your bowling boots on, doing your routine. So many of the time, I was I was bowling my first ball in Ashes Test, having not had done a warm up or anything. Welcome to Jimmy's world. Welcome to Jimmy's world. He's yeah, done that for exactly. forty three years or whatever. Yeah. It is. Um, well, you you, ha- you ended on a series <clears throat> of good not outs anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good for <laughs> creeping the average up by point one every time. <laughs> now, of course, we, we we've we've addressed this business of you and uh, David Warner, but but uh, Jonathan wants to know what it's like having a beer with him after afterwards, or did you have a beer with him afterwards uh, at all? All the Aussies came into the England change room. I, that's actually it's probably a bit old school. I don't know, but it's one of the greatest things about cricket which I love I it went back to even when I played league cricket for Edgerton Park on a on a Saturday you'd always have a beer with the opposition mm. after the game and Ashes cricket's no different I think that's true you know, my, my dad's era they might have done it after each test match mm. I think but um now it's just after the series and we do we go into the Sydney change room in in Australia and, mm. and they come into the oval change room in, in England and you have such battles with these people yeah, over six weeks, seven weeks, and you say things that you'd probably never say to anyone in a street in a, in, in the battle. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have you form opinions on people as a team. You you win, you lose. You see them celebrate. You see us celebrate. So you, you share so much yeah. that actually you're probably similar people, really. At the end of the day, yeah. you, you go I mean, through what... the same thing. The thing about cricket, you're always going to fail. Yeah. You're always going to get naught at some stage. You're always going to drop a catch. You're always going to take a great catch. You're always going to get wickets. So you go through the same thing as teams. And actually, yeah. to be able to relax after the, the series, probably for 
an hour and a half. Yeah. I spent a lot of my time chatting to Tim Payne, who I played with at, at Hobart Hurricanes. Yeah. Jimmy Patterson and Peter Siddle, obviously played with at, at Knotts. Graham Hick, who I was a little <laughs> bit starstruck by, almost. You know, I'd not really met Hickey before. Gosh. So to have a beer with him, having watched him play for England through the oh, yeah. 90s, was, was awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's a great tradition. And I wonder it's, if we're yeah, the only sport like that does it. it's a bit like John Lennon said once in an interview that about how tight the Beatles were throughout the 60s until it started to go, of course, was because no one else understood what it was to be a Beatle. And it's a bit like that, is that the, the, the Australians may be the enemy, but they understand what it's like to be a test cricketer, especially in Ashes series, which is of particular intensity. Yeah. And there wasn't that much needle, was there? I mean, it was a bit between Matthew Wade and Joffre by the look of it, but it didn't seem... I had the best seat in the house for that. I was fielding at mid-off. What was about exactly? Uh, there wasn't any sort of verbals. Oh, right. It was just... It was just theatre. Joffre was, you know, his his follow-through was getting longer. His hands <laughs> were going behind his back. They'd played together at Hobart too. Ah, oh, that's... So, um, there, yeah. I think there'd been a, a couple of little things, very tiny, minute things about Joffre bowling in a watch and all that sort of thing <laughs> that's just completely irrelevant, but... But Joffa brings a great sort of theatre with his pace, yeah. and he just, for that little period of time, he got quite revved up, didn't he? And it was, <laughs> he did. It was nice because Wade was on 80 or 90, yeah. and it was yeah. something was happening. That's what Test cricket's about. Yes. You go through little periods where not a lot might happen, and then you get these great periods where you feel like something's happening each, yeah. each ball. Um, so, yeah, I was fielding at mid-off, just getting closer and closer, just like, oh, what's going on here? I, I have... I don't know if this is true, but I felt that because, you know, the Holly Stand and the Western Terrace, you know, the the, the famously more sort of uh, aggressive and vocal uh, elements in, in some of the grounds, because they treated uh, Warner and Smith with unforgiving and unrelenting sandpaper comments and boos and so on, that that sort of took the pressure off you to be quite so unpleasant and you could actually show a bit more grace to them because... And it was wonderful to see Smith being cheered at the end. Yeah, the, there Earth wasn't was there. any... Uh, Angst, if that's the right word, in yeah. the series, there wasn't no. there wasn't uh, any real sledging no. or or niggle. There's always you, you country versus country. Mm. There's always a lot of passion and a lot of competitiveness, mm. but never at a stage where it was uncomfortable or teams were having to get no. separated. Or Oof, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think uh, what was didn't Nathan Lyon say to Leachy? How many beers do you owe me? Type thing after his one nutter after he dropped that ball. It's all that sort of humour. It's it's yeah. not uh, it's yeah. not vicious, um, no. which I think is good. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great spirit to be played in. Absolutely right, and you see it amongst the fans, the Australians and the England fans sitting together, bantering together. It's not like there's a tribal hatred or anything, is there? Kate Ruddles asked a nice one, which oh, yeah, is a tough on. one for you actually. Which yeah. moment was greater for you this summer? England winning the World Cup. Or Norwich beating Man City. <laughs> That's a really interesting. Which one. was uh, more unexpected? Well, uh, beating uh, beating Man City was completely unexpected. We had eight players on the bench. I mean, it was unbelievable that you know with, with so much injury, uh, maybe that freed up the side. But it was glorious to see uh, you know Timu Puki, who's our great striker, of course, on fabulous form. Todd Campwell is a wonderful attacking midfielder mm. who played really well, and and I'm particularly pleased because he's a local boy. He's actually a Norfolk. Uh, chap, he? yeah, he comes from Deerham and it was came up through the academy. It's a young side playing fearlessly against a, a really mighty, mighty club, and it, 
those moments. I mean, you know, we had a, a win against Bayern Munich in '93, which was pretty astonishing. And uh, but there are not many occasions where we've played quite so well. There's something about Man City. We had them in the final of the League Cup years ago when I was a boy, and and of course it was Man City we were playing when Delia famously said, "Let's be having you." <laughs> were you there for that game? I wasn't. Mm. I wish I had been. <laughs> Oh my heavens, that was fun! And uh, yes. you've been out there too, going, "Come on, where are we?" <laughs> That's Come right. Around. We don't have much silverware, Norwich, but we, instead we have these little legendary moments. The you know the Goss goal, and and now that that will be added to our cabinet of silver memories, at least. You'll but stay up, won't you? You'll stay up. I think we deserve to, and I think we will. It's a funny season, isn't it? I mean, we're not here to talk football, and I'm no expert, but it is interesting to see. I mean, obviously Liverpool, Man City, but how. You know, Arsenal and uh, Tottenham in particular suddenly look tottery Tottenham, isn't it? And mm. uh, and, Man, and Man United look, uh, you know, that suddenly there's a bigger gap between the very top two and the others. And, and also in the middle, it seems that I think, you know, Norwich have every chance of, sort of finishing like, maybe 10 or you know, eight, if we, you know, we could dream higher. Yeah, but, dream world. Yeah, absolutely. But But to be honest, I think the World Cup was just... Out of this world as a result. I, I, I never, I was alone in Los Angeles <laughs> watching it, uh, you know, and it was early in the morning when it started. And it, there will be never an experience quite like that because it's looking back on it, you always know the result. But at the time, every ball was a conceivable, you know, explosion that would. Incredible, would, wasn't uh, it? Remarkable. We're so lucky. Now let's. I'm going to rustle some paper as I go through. On the... that World Cup thing, though, oh, yeah. even the, our players and coaches, Trevor Bayliss, would watch it back when Sky would replay it and watch it in disbelief. Yes. So that's not just the fans; that's people involved in it. That's right. Because the people on the pitch. I mean, I've watched back Stokesy's knock at Headingley oh. three or four times. I can't quite believe what happened, and you remember it so differently when you're there watching or involved yeah. compared yeah. to watching on the telly. Yeah. That's what sports does to you, isn't it? It's yeah. The, I mean, those those. Sixes of Hazelwood. I mean, just extraordinary, and that <clears throat> incredible one. A slot, switch hit, a switch hit off off line though. He slightly lost balance just after, but while he shot it, whoa! Yes, those those were remarkable moments, and of course the lion missing of the because we've all those of us who are hopeless village cricketers have all done that. Moved our head while catching the ball and trying to stump, and as mm. we know, moving your head in any moving ball game is a disaster. Nightmare. And that's just what he did. It was like the most elementary error, and I, 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 it was glorious. But I feel for him. <laughs> What else have we got here? Who's the best player never to make it into an England side? That's a tricky one, isn't it? Uh, probably me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, do coaches, players listen to TMS or Sky whilst in the pavilion during a match and ever make tactical changes based on views or ideas expressed by the commentators? That's an interesting Ooh, one. Sheep. It, it, it's an interesting one because we don't have the volume up in the changing room. Yeah. But we do have those little earpieces yes. that you can get. Seen, I've seen you, yes, having them. Which yeah. I find, I'm a cricket fan, so I've always enjoyed listening to commentary and, and see what people are saying. Yeah. But I, I've never listened to a, a, a bit of an, analytical work and taken that into that game. Right. I've, I've had times face-to-face, so there was Jonathan Agnew last summer came to me and said, you've got to bowl, try and get a short leg into Virat Kohli. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. He said, it might just stop him lunging, which would might maybe keep him inside the line if you hit him on the pad. That was his theory. Yeah. And actually at Lords, one nipped down the slope, 
caught his inside edge and got caught short leg. And I remember looking up when it was oh, given you? out. I looked up to the TMS box and Agus was up there like <laughs> celebrating, like jumping around. I got off, got my phone back at 7pm, text, you owe me Sunday lunch. You so that, was, that wasn't me listening to the radio and going, oh, that's a good point. Mm. He, he actually came to me and said, look, yeah. as a former bowler, I watch a lot of cricket. I'm seeing this mm. might be worth thinking about. Um, so there's tactical things that you get because obviously a lot of the commentators are, are great to the game yeah and Nasser they see the and game Michael brilliantly a superb analyst at least it seems to me they are they really do read the game but i think as a player yeah. certainly certainly if they're looking at you technically which they tend to do more at batsmen than bowlers if you start mm. changing your technique on what the pundits are doing you're a step behind yeah you you got to work with your coach yeah. and change what works for you you can't be changing mid test match a technique that that no and that's where people get it wrong in international cricket because the, the only time in our sport you get technically looked at is international cricket you can do whatever you want in county cricket and no one's going to be a pundit and go your front foot's coming three or four inches across the off stump as soon as you get into test cricket bang they're on you remember rory burns at the island oh, test match heavens yes his technique was the worst thing ever and then suddenly he gets 100 edge bats. And, oh, he's a really good player, that Rory Burns. He's disciplined, leaves outside of stumps. So it, you've got to stick to what you do yeah. and not take too much interest in what the pundits are saying and during a game. And on the subject of punditry, I mean, you, I hope it's many, many years, but of course the, the day would come when you may have the choice of you know, becoming a broadcasting pundit. Uh, I'm sure you'll be asked by one of the one of the broadcasters to do it. And, and looking at, say, Michael Vaughan, who's who was an England captain, of course, a very successful batsman and uh, some very high scores uh, in his time. He has made that jump between being the one who was a, a recent player, who is kind of almost still a friend of the lads, and into being someone who now can criticise. I mean, the things he said about Johnny Besto and, and so on in the middle of the series were quite tough. And he obviously relishes being a kind of... A sharp critic rather than a friendly. So Jeffrey Boycott. Well, isn't well it? that's right. Maybe it's a Yorkshire gets the headlines, thing. <laughs> and he gets the headlines. But are you aware that? I mean, have you thought about this in your own case? That maybe you, if you do in four years' time or something, decide to hang up your bowling boots and and go into the into the commentary booth, that there will be a time when you're suddenly going. I don't know what they think of down there. I mean, are they idiots? Will you start talking like that in a Yorkshire accent too? Well, yeah, well, have to be. I don't know what's going off down there. That's what Fred Truman is. I don't know what's going off. Uh, I think. Naturally, as a, a pundit, you you have to have honest opinions at times. Mm. Uh, I think as, as a player in the team currently, you understand that and you accept that. Yeah. When there's headline hunting, which is obvious to see, isn't it? Yes. You, you can just see it coming a mile off. Yes. That's when, as, as yes, a Vaughan player... Vaughan says Anderson and Broad must not bowl together. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's just... It's clickbait, isn't it? You're yeah. just desperate for a, for a headline there. I mean, why... I don't see any logic behind that statement. It's a great headline. It's quite an exciting headline to read. But actually, why, why, why would you, you... You pick your best team to try and win that test match. Yeah. So Jimmy and I have got a proven track record as a partnership that we create pressure and get wickets. Of, Which is unprecedented in all cricket, in England cricketing history. Yeah, so not I, just I, in the recent... I don't, I don't see any advantage in, in splitting that up uh, 
until that happens naturally, mm. really, yeah. or until we're not performing at the level we'd we'd want to perform at together. Yeah. Um, the it, like Courtney Walsh and Ambrose, you you didn't split yeah. them. Yeah. You know, Donald exactly. and Pollock, you yeah. let these yeah. partnerships yeah. go yeah. and try and get as much from them as you as you can while. Yeah. You, you sort of it's one of those you don't know what you've lost till it's gone do you and it, <laughs> i think it's an easy thing to say broadnanders shouldn't bowl together again yeah. but actually it's a great strength of english cricket that we've had over yeah. a long period of time that when we bowl together we give control yeah. and and take wickets yes so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't jump on that headline jimmy was straight on the text to me was when he? that headline came out yeah he, i don't think he was overly impressed with it but <laughs> but also like vaughn is a, a really good lad like we can have a lot of banter with vaughn he's yeah but he, he is the in the sir jeffrey boycott mold mold it, it's <laughs> it, it's a he wants a headline it tends to be at the end of a summer that he can sort of strike his headline and and then yeah. go and relax for a few weeks so and i don't take it personally no and actually as my dad always says Today's news is tomorrow's fish and chip paper. And he's right, yeah. And um, I suppose uh, we, we can end on the thought that uh, it's um, looking into the future, into the coming winter. What you've done for cricket, what you and your fellow players in, in both uh, forms of the game, is a really important part of the success of this summer. I have noticed people talking in pubs and restaurants and coffee bars and in the street. They, if they know, a lot of them know that I'm very keen on the cricket, so they'll come up to me, and goodness knows how many come up to you. And there's an excitement in the air about, about cr not just England cricket, but the game itself. And that is a wonderful thing, because one hopes there are girls and boys now going to nets in the winter it'll be of course but also just thinking about cricket and playing it and reading books about it and getting excited and watching YouTubes about technique and, and so on and that the future may be brighter now for, for cricket in this country than it has been perhaps for a while which is the, only good. The influence of this summer is it's the most I've heard people talk about cricket in my my cricketing career so obviously 2005 was a, yeah. a, a different level but to have people getting excited and enjoying the drama that we've always loved mm. we know cricket yeah. brings that sort of excitement but to have new fans and and kids playing the game is is special and yeah. i throughout this ashes series you always get texts from friends oh can i come to the cricket whereas this summer was yeah, I want to bring I want to bring my kids to the cricket you know any chance and and that's special and yeah you, know, you get pictures of from your friends with the kids and they've all got their little England shirts on and sun hats and yes it reminds me that's how I felt about the game when I was five and six yeah so it gives me a lot of happiness when I see kids of that age now getting excited by the game and you just need a bat and a ball yeah. That's and true. You you can you can play. I mean, I used to play in the village I lived in. We had to just go to the village green and we'd play. A tree is a wicket. A tree is a wicket. Yeah. A jumper to bowl from. Yeah. If you hit the window, you were out. If you hit the building, <laughs> you got sick. So it was risk reward. Um, we used to tape up a tennis ball so it can swing. You get sellotape over one side so it will Brilliant. swing. Oh, um, you've heard it here, folks. That's yeah, brilliant. And we I was always practicing to be. Warren or Hayden or McGrath, because Australia was successful, whereas England have had the success this summer yeah. that hopefully kids out there are being Stokes, Butler and, and Root. And Broad. 
I hope. Listen, it's been such fun doing this series. And of course, we hope we'll be able to do more podcasts, um, maybe while you're away. Uh, you're off to New Zealand, and then it'll be Sri Lanka, uh, uh, South New Africa. New Zealand, then South Africa, South then Africa. Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka. Is, this winter's touring. Yeah. So yeah, a lot going on. Um, some nice weather coming yes. my way, <laughs> which feels nice to say as we rushed in from the pouring rain uh, to, to record this podcast. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun this summer, hasn't it? It has. It's been wonderful. That's a great note on which to end. Thank you, Stuart Broad. Thank you.